Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our last special edition of the Team by Team Analysis, Chris. It has been a long journey, my friend, but it, I'm glad that we finally got there. A very long journey. When you look at 30 minutes to, what, 45 on average per team, yep. obviously less for North Melbourne folk. Um <laughs> It does really round out. And look, we hope you have appreciated this series. It's it's definitely probably one of the only times that we spend a lot of depth looking at draft leagues, etc. This is a time of year for drafts at the moment where people are trying to you know work out their list, etc. Good news is the draft list and the spreadsheet we have done is completed. I've just got to do a couple of tweaks and then it's tweaks, it's tweaks. I just a little one. And uh, scusi, we will scusi, scusi. we will release that on the line. And if you like it, please do uh, reciprocate that love in some way. And, you know, we like them frothy. We do. Well, you like them frothy. I like And them. I'm enjoying the benefits of Chris not drinking right now. So. And I am reaping all the benefits. Yes. <laughs> He's losing his mind <laughs> and I'm reaping all the benefits. Man, <laughs> what a Such good movie. a classic movie, The Wedding It Singer. is. It's just got a lot of one-liners. It's like... I got my <laughs> got punched in the face. Yeah, but sticking my nose in other people's business sounds like <laughs> a contra song. <laughs> oh, Chris, what a lovely journey this has been. Good times, yes. great classic hits. Very, very, very good times. Um, but before we move on, you can find us on all the socials. SC Insider One Hundred. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and and YouTube, Google Podcast, Stitcher, <laughs> Twitch. YouTube on the line, search for us and it's Supercoach Insider. We're also on Twitch and we will be doing a couple of live stuff soon. So um, keep an eye on that. You can, it is also SE Insider 100 um, and we're doing a couple of live segments on there just so we can get some feedback, yep. um, interact with people in their teams and advise on who they should or shouldn't get. So if you are new to Supercoach Insider... Funnily enough, what a great name. And, <laughs> you know, just a little reflection period. Just a little bit of a... Yeah, just, hey, uh, hey, we just, just thought... tap on the old back We theory. thought long and hard about that. Then there was some douchebag that named his Supercoach Outsider just to try and troll everyone. <laughs> I wonder if that guy's coming back. Nah, surely not. He's probably that Hawthorne supporter that got butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, he did. Or he moved Enjoy out. Enjoy that bottom four. Oh, or he moved out with Darren Glass. Um, <laughs> talking about butt hurt and bottom four. Bottoms. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but look, yeah, if you have, we are extremely humbled. We just there's anything wrong with that. No, we just, uh, once a year doesn't, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> we're extremely humbled. We have loved the reception. We were, we started out as uh, just a couple of guys who wanted to get together and, oh, this is horrible. A couple of guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what is happening here? What is happening here? Oh, 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 oh. Right now. Let's just get into it then, shall we? <laughs> no, I'm finishing. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, wow. And <laughs> this, is, this, is going, this podcast is going straight to the pool room. You better lock it up. <laughs> um, yes, no, but extremely humbled. We're just a, a couple of guys who wanted to get together. We talk a lot of footy, so we thought, hey, we should just start our own podcast. And it just happened to coincide with the year that one of our favorite podcasts left. And then also the um, Jock Reynolds one kind of wound down into a, a different sort of format. So we are extremely humbled and we haven't been – 
We, yeah, aren't you humbled, Chris? We didn't Absolutely. expect we didn't expect that this would actually crack off, and we've had I think it's like over two hundred thousand listens over the last three and a half years, and or three years full full season. So yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for the love. Anyway, excellent. All right, well, let's get into it with the West Coast uh, draft. Now they entered the draft very very late. Um, uh, not until pick 52 did they have any action and they picked up Luke Edwards. He's 188 centimetres and 83 kilo mature age recruit uh, out of Glenelg in South Australia. He's actually Tyson Edwards' son and has been overlooked by the Crows for the past three, four years before finally landing at West Coast. So um, a guy that's been on AFL radars for a while, but um, – yeah, obviously, you know, he hasn't really picked up his game since high school. So Just having one look at that <laughs> crook-looking bastard, you could tell he didn't play sport, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, look, he's he's obviously, um, due to his height, he's a medium defender. He can rebound the football. He can play intercept as well. So he's a very versatile defender. you empty there, mate. Yeah. I need to go get another. I'm, I'm quite parched as well. We probably jumped into this a little too quick. Um, but yeah, he's, um, he, he's obviously got the pedigree and so they're going to put a little bit of time into him, see if he can develop into something at senior level. And realistically, there wasn't much around at this pick for someone like a West coast. Um, so they're really just gone to try and improve their depth. Uh, moving across the next one, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Winder. He's 180 centimeters and 79 kilos. He's another one out of Peel Thunder. Um, and so he was a, a, he's more of a leading small forward type, um, and I don't think, again, he's going to have any sort of relevance this season, um, but he was obviously a mature age. So if, you know, they have a few injuries, anything can happen and you could see some of these guys in. I don't think he's on the radar to pretty much at all um, start again this year, but well, you know, stranger things have happened. And last thing they got was a rookie um, and they got Zane True, 185 centimetres and 80 kilos out of Swan Districts. So another one who's a um, who's a mature age recruit. So they really didn't go for any youth or development. They just went for some depth just in case they get some injuries. And you can tell by their list and for the last few years, they've had a very settled list and they have very little list movement because their best 22s is pretty set. So um, I suppose we'll jump into that 22. Oh, before I do. Did you speak about their inclusion? The trade-in for Peanuts. Uh, sure. No, what, w- when? Witherden. Did you speak about Oh, no. Uh, why would I speak about that when I'm talking about rookies? Well, you're talking about list changes and no, possible spots? No, no, I didn't. They have no rookies. Um, the one that I think has a potential to actually start is a guy that's been there for a couple of years by the name of Luke Foley. He's been um, going around a little bit in circles at the moment um, as he, because he's been playing in defense uh, in the intra-clubs on the probables teams. Um, so if you don't know much, a lot of the times in intra-clubs, they'll split the two teams into possibles and probables, um, and he's been playing a lot on those probables teams. So there is a chance that he does go early. He was highly touted when he was actually drafted. Um, and I, I really like Luke Foley. I was big on him, I think, what, last year or the year before I was big on Luke Foley. Yeah, he's been, Foley's been biding his time. He's waiting for um, Beverly Hills Cop 4 to start. <laughs> I do love a bit of Axel. Yeah, Axel Foley. Well done. Um, but he's a medium defender as well, 187 centimetres. The thing about Foley and about that position on the ground for them is that they have a lot of medium defender types that have already been blooded. So you've got guys like Tom Cole, um, you, you know, that uh, have – I wouldn't say they're cemented into the 22, but they've played enough games to think that they warranted a chance in that 22. There's probably two or three of those guys. Luke Foley is one of them. 
Um, so I hope that he gets a run early and um, keep an eye out for him in the preseason because there is a chance that he debuts round one. Um, and I actually have him in my sneaky, sneaky 22. So um, we'll go through that now. All right, so from the back line. You know what I like, Chris, is that you talk about how the rookies have no security and how you're scared about starting any of them, yet you're starting at least three that you've said are on your team that no one's heard of. So I do like your encouragement and enthusiasm and depth in your research, but aren't you scared? Who hasn't anyone heard of? Aren't you scared? You're talking about like Foley, you had a couple others who I'm like, oh, great depth, like a a couple other players. You're like, yeah, they're on my field, like a Melbourne forward pocket and – and these things. Oh, Bailey Laurie? No, he's going to start, bro. I know. Oh, I'm saying for the people at home, it's kind of oh, like you, yeah, no, you say, good. oh, I'm worried about depth and I'm worried about rookies. And you're like, oh, I've got this obscure rookie, this obscure rookie, this obscure rookie. Yeah, there, and there is a few. Um, but it sounds like there's a little bit more the, of a spot for them specifically though. Yeah, which the is, problem's job security yeah. with those guys. It's like, yeah, you might go round one, but what about round three, round four, round five? Like how do we get you there? Um, so you you do got it. I mean, uh, this year more than any is going to be a little bit of a guessing game, unfortunately. Um, so best 22 from the back line, uh, Brad Shepard, who's been absolutely amazing the last couple yep. of years. And just Shep keeps is, getting uh, better. Shep's just rounded him up, Chris. Yeah, yeah, he is <laughs> with his little hook. Um, what's that name of that thing? I don't even know. Um, Brass at, at uh, fullback with Hearn in the pocket, um, with an, I've got starting. So there's been a bit of conjecture about with as to whether or not he's best 22. He is. I don't know how you get with and don't put him in your starting lineup. I think it's because he wasn't best 22 at Brisbane, but what they don't realise is they did have Luke Hodge previously, right, taking that. Then they brought in Birchall, and they played Birchall basically telling Witherden, you're not good enough, we're going to play old man Rivers, and <laughs> you're going to wait your turn. And then at the end of it they go, oh, you know what, We'd actually, we don't really need you. Well, there is a reason why I think there's a spot available, and I'll get to that when I finish the 22. Um, but I do think with it and starts at halfback flank alongside McGovern and Foley on the other halfback flank. So, wow. Um, so I think there's definitely a spot for both of them. Then I've got Redden on the wing with Shuey and Sheed on the half forward line. I've got Cripps, Darling and Petrocelli. Uh, and in the forward line, I've got Ryan Kennedy and Oscar Allen. So I've gone with the one ruck system with Nick Nat starting and Allen chopping out as opposed to having Vardy start. Uh, and then we've got Tim Kelly and Andrew Gaff in there too. Now, here's where it gets interesting. On the interchange bench, I've got Duggan, who has been touted to be moving into the midfield to replace essentially Elliot Yo early in the season and then see how it goes. Now, I'll get into a little bit more later because I like the Duggan pick. The problem is Yo's injured early. How many games is he out for? Who knows? When he comes back, is he going to go midfield? Who knows? Because Yo can obviously play behind the ball. If he's not up to it, he might actually not go into that midfield. Yep. Or he so, could also play forward flank. He could play anywhere. Right. Yeah. So Duggan's sort of that guy that he's got an opportunity. It might be five rounds, six rounds, whatever it might be, to secure his midfield spot in this group. And I think he might do it. It's a really interesting price point, but I'll, I'll chat a little bit more, more about him later. I do have Waterman in there as well as Hutchings. And I've got Brander in there because he just provides a little bit of flexibility, can play behind the ball, in front of the ball, and on the wing. Um, and he did play quite a few games last year, but they do obviously have a lot of depth in that side. As I mentioned, Yo, but he's injured early. Zach Langdon they got across from GWS. I think that he's a shout. He could even um, replace one of those guys on the bench. I think he's really talented and I really like him. Just not sure where he fits over there in the West. Um, Vardy, of course, Venables is another one that's had uh, a frequent go at it. 
Uh, as I said, Tom Cole. Rotham's another one of those halfback flankers that could get another gig. Archie's talented. Um, and then Willie Rioli, and we don't really know what's happening with that, so I can't really see him starting at all, unfortunately. But, yeah, there's the 22. Yeah, it's interesting. So when Yo comes back in, who do you think's first one out of that side? Uh, well, it could be Brander. It could be Foley. Um, I, it depends on how he comes back. Like, is he coming back as a midfielder? Well, it doesn't really matter. They can shuffle around. They, they can. I mean, Redden can push, you know, one side or the other. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, for me, I think probably Hutchings. I think Hutchings is there just as backup. I think he's a depth player. He was good. He used to tag, and then he's only he's a rookie price now too. The thing I Hutchings. The thing I find with Hutchings is that sometimes they just play Hutchings because they don't like. He's just on the in the twenty two. And they, he just gets thrown around everywhere. Like he doesn't necessarily have defined roles sometimes, but he's obviously best utilized as a tagger. But some games he just doesn't have a role. So he might play on the half forward line. He might play on a wing. He might play you know, you know, all over the park. Or he so, might, might not play at all. Yeah, exactly right. So he's in and out of that side. I do think that you start with him. I've, I'm of the opinion – I love taggers. I love – like from an AFL – not a super coach perspective – but from an AFL perspective, there is a place for tagging in our game. And I don't know why more clubs don't do it. It doesn't make any sense to me. The first thing that I would do as a, as a coach is 100% have a, a negator on your list that you can target their best midfielder. I just don't know why more coaches don't do it. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you're you're reaching on um, Hutchings. He did used to be a pretty good option for around an 80-odd average. He played three games last year for an average of 29.3. In 2019, he played 16 rounds, so a bit more. He averaged 50. And oh, it's not a good option, Super, 20, super Coach. Well, he's 150K. He's a rookie prize player. And even then, 2018, played 17 rounds at an average of 66. So He was injured last year, wasn't he? Yeah, or you know, I don't know. I just I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna Google that and find out. I'm sure that he was injured, and that's why he wasn't playing. Sure. Shall I move on to a Nick Nat Nui? You should, mate. Wonderful, Nick Nat Nui. He is 593k. I'm actually a little surprised. Some people are starting him this year. He is not that much cheaper than Grundy. Yes, he's cheaper than Gorn. It was his highest return since 2012. So people are getting excited because he tore up at the back end of last year, and if his body does hold up. He is someone who could definitely average you 120 for the year, so I get the appeal. The reason that people think this, though, is that he averaged 126 the last eight rounds. He averaged 95, though, the first eight. So he came back in. He obviously, from injury, started a bit slow, had less time on ground. He built that back up and in, and he averaged really well the back end of the year. So when you you look at it, he averaged 113 the last seven rounds. He had 10 hundreds for the season. Six of those 119 or more with a good ceiling, 135, 137, 154. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one. Actually, no, so that's uh, a little, not healer there. Sorry, seven 120s, 137, 143, 146, 146, 153. That's his. I was reading below for gaff. Interesting segue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, anyway, so Nick Natnui averaged 110. People see him as someone who can average 120. I think if his body holds up, it could be. Am I picking him in draft? No, I think he still has that high um, injury risk. Am I picking him in standard? No, I think there are better options. Would I be surprised if he averaged me 110 again? No. Could he average 120? Yes, but there's a lot of risk there, Chris. Would you take that risk on Nick Nat? Uh, there's no chance. Not even just for a point of difference? Nope. No, me I either. don't see the point in doing that ever. No, me either. Uh, Gaff is 1, 570K, average 106.2. 
Now, he did say, I might take a little bit of that midfield slack with those guys, so the, the rest of the players in their team, and maybe get one or two rotations a quarter in the midfield. So he is a winger. He's going to be playing on the wing, but he is saying that now that you have uh, longer quarters and less rotations, when everyone's trying to get a rest, Gaff is an absolute jet, and he'll probably take one or two rotations into the centre when other people are resting. Yeah, and just um, on Hutchings, he had knee and hamstring problems last year. So, yeah, that's the only reason he wasn't playing. Yes. So his body sucks. How old is Hutchings? Do you have that? I can get it for you. Jesus, you want everything? Mm. Yeah. Um, look, there's every chance that Mark Hutchins can play. I don't think he's going to score well, though. I'll make but it up to you, he's rookie-priced, so who cares? I'll make it up to you. You find that. Um, okay, so interesting that for though we did say with uh, Gav, he did average 113 in the last seven rounds. This is where he had 1006 scores of 119 or above, and he actually scores 11 Supercoach more. He's 30 this year. Oh, there you go. So I told you I'll make it up to you. <laughs> yeah, my boy. Yes. Yeah. Um, he Gaff averaged 11 Supercoach points more without Yo in the side because I think he had a little bit more of that inside rotation, which yep. means that he was probably more of a 95 sort of guy, which kind of – I don't like Gaff at all. No. And he goes on runs. He goes big and then he just like flops on a massive hill and then does nothing and then you pick him up cheap and all of a sudden he goes, oh, comes up and has a little good run again. He's been a like okay Supercoach selection over the years, but he's never been top tier. Ever. And I don't know why you'd be spending 570K on a guy that's not top tier. Not top tier unless you actually had a position for wingers. I think oh, for wing. Be, as I said. Yeah, he'd be so a top good. tier top tier wingman. Him and McCluggage, awesome wingman, oh, right? If I could just play McCluggage in standard, I'd be so happy right now. Yeah, if there's like a wing bonus, you know, wingman. I'll give him a ring bonus. Except it's not a bonus, anyway, it's a bonus. Um, <laughs> Tim Kelly is someone I think has a lot of value. In draft, possibly I wouldn't go there in standard, but you know, we, we had the big issue when he had the he had the small family, a young family, issues in Geelong, etc. Then you go home to Perth and you think everything's all peachy. Next minute, COVID hits and it's like, oh crap, now he's on the road, he's in a COVID bubble, can't see his family. That must have sucked. And I think he is someone who probably maybe did struggle with that a little bit. Still had the potential, still had the ceiling, but his consistency definitely was not there whether he is someone who won't have consistency in general, it's a hard one to know. He went from a midfield of being the main extractor to having a stacked midfield. Don't get me wrong. Um, Geelong obviously had a good midfield, but they generally – the way that they set up their midfield when Kelly was there was that basically he was the number one mid. Danger was the far forward rotating into mid – and yeah, then you got Duncan and Selwood extracting the ball to Kelly, who will be on the burst out. He's gone to West Coast, and they haven't set it up that way. They don't set up the same. Luke Shuey is the main guy to try and extract that out. So I like Kelly, and I think that he can average a lot more for a season. It's hard for him to do, and I'm not sure if that's his body, or, or he's too susceptible for a tag, or whatever it might be. But he seems to go on these runs and yep. then completely drops off the, off the ship. Yep. So he had highs of 140, 150, 180, but then some of them had crap scores in between. He would just drop a 57, 61, 66, 68, and then you're like, what the hell? Yeah. And that's – I mean, that's why I've never really liked him in, in – um, I mean, look, he's only what – he's only been in the system, what, three years, Tim Kelly? Yeah. But that's his scoring pattern in a nutshell, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Now, this is me in a nutshell. <laughs> now, this is me in a nutshell. Help! I'm in a nutshell! How did I get into this definitely nutshell? Definitely worth it. Yes. Um, speaking of Witherden, we'll just touch there a smidge more. 456K. Yep. Last five rounds he played, he went 170, 85, 100, 101, 69. Uh, new move there. So, and apparently they've been impressed with his use off the halfback flank, and I think they do see him as a good Hearn replacement. Now, am I taking that risk this year in standard? No, I'm not. I think that I'd much rather Williams with that midfield role and more scoring history than taking a risk on Witherden. I like, I agree, but I don't think he's – this year he's not replacing Hearn. No, he's not. He's replacing Jetta. Yes, I'm That's saying long, long-term replacement. Yeah. So for me – you know, when Hearn retires, I'd be like Witherden It's probably one of the only ones who can actually extract that ball. So I would be looking at him then. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind Witherden next year. And, and we'll get a, look, a year sample of how yes. he flows into that. I do agree. Um, Elliot Yo, 583K. Obviously, we spoke about already. Osteo, was it Osteopubius, the OP uh, hip and... Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. But uh, he's, he's definitely... Not good, and they did say that he is on track to return sometime early in the season, and I think he might have even had another little set. Oh, I don't know. It's one of those things that you're not going to know. He did average 107.6, 107.8 in 2018 and 2019, so he is someone that has talent, but I don't want to pick someone coming off no preseason into a lo- like back to a normal nope. normal length season with normal games and less rotations. Priced at 583K. Good luck for someone who's going to be struggling to run. Nope, not going to happen. No. So even in draft leagues, I think at an average of 90, you could probably get him around there, but don't expect anything for the first half of the season. No. And outside of um, Duggan, which I think we'll touch on now, the only really other one that has standard relevance a little bit is Shannon Hearn, and I don't even think he does anymore. I think he's done. No, Hearn's, I think, cooked. He's, he's cooked. Average 88.9, so he basically dropped, what, 100 and uh, so 10 points or so in average Here's what I'm worried about with Duggan is why I wanted to bring up Hearn first is that if there is a injury in the defense, is Duggan the guy that goes straight back there? Because that's a risk you can't – I had a look at Duggan's scores and, and what's great about this is that from round nine onwards when he was moved into midfield at the back end of last year, he averaged 98 super coach, which is pretty good for a guy that's a 450K defender. Um, that puts you around about the same – it's the same price pretty much as a Zach Williams – for approximately the same return if you think he's going to average about 100. The problem is, is he going to keep that role? I know that regardless of what Williams does... He will score. He'll still score around about 100. Yep. So he could be in defense, he'll score 100. He could be midfield and he's got a scope to go higher, but he's he's going to score 100. Whereas Duggan, when he went behind the ball, he averaged about 65. So I'm. that's the only reason why I'm not considering him seriously for standard is because I think that... I don't know if he's going to be there for 22 games. And it's a big question mark and a big risk to take. But as a draft option, Duggan is awesome. Yep. Not only that, if you start with Duggan, he starts banging off, right? Then easily you trade him to someone else, particularly those who don't pay as much attention in your league. The easiest pickings you will ever do. Yeah. Now, I don't hate the selection in standard. I just um, – I'm wary of it. So – uh, if you are on, on the Duggan train, that's fine. Like totally, like I would not say it's a bad move. There's a definite potential that he goes 100. Well, it's a risk-reward. Yeah, it is. Yeah, at that, that price. Um, and look, unfortunately as well, and I, this is the other thing. So one of the things I'd love to be about Duggan is that he's more reliable with his body, but he's not. 
And I, the, he's not as reliable. He's still the same amount of reliability as Zach Williams for, with body relation, body related issues. So, and the big risk for me, Hearn is thirty four years old this year, right? He averaged yep. eighty five the first twelve rounds. He averaged ninety six the last six. We so had a small glimpse, but he has in the last two seasons started to show some soft tissue injuries, yep. and. You know, it's it's going to be a long season. They're going to have to try and run more back into full-length games with less rotations. He's 34, having issues. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but yeah. it's, it could be easily that he gets a bit of, he pulls a hooli and gets some calf soreness, et cetera. Next minute, Duggan has to go back there because he's first off the ranks. I mean, the one well, person who I think could actually be a bit more multidimensional, I think, is Jack Redden because he's a good user. However... He's not the first one off the rank to go back. Well, they've got Josh Rotham and they've got Tom Cole. Those guys are still on the bench, you know, looking to try and get into that team. They also picked up this Luke Edwards guy who is an um, intercepting defender that can play off the back. He's a mature age recruit. So there is guys to come in when Hearn goes down. How they actually manage that when it does happen, that will be the interesting thing to see how it happens and unfolds. So, I was going to say, I, was yeah. just, I just had a little flashback back to uh, Heron. I was thinking of Cole and I was like, oh, geez, if you get delisted, he'd be on the dole and then he could join Heron, <laughs> you know, with the Panadol. Classic. That, that was a really good reference. Oh, I, did, I did like that. Hopefully Heron you've stayed Heron. with us for all of our uh, our team-by-team team analysis that was, series. That was probably the call of the series, actually, that one off the cuff. It could have been. And we, I love the Heron jokes over the years. Yeah, so do I. Right. I um, now, obviously, moving forward, um, guys like Jack Darling, have you know, they've got scope for development. Liam Ryan played absolutely off his head in the back end when he was basically played at full forward as a leading full forward. Yeah, like a Jaden Stevenson. Keep an eye on him because if he does manage to hold that role, I'm not sure he does with a full complement of players, but definitely one to watch in draft. Um, I wouldn't recommend him in standard, but 100% watch him in draft because I will pick him up somewhere for sure. So what do you think he can average at 80 plus? Oh, easily. No, uh, like let's have a look at his back-end scoring. He went absolutely gangbusters. Oh, no, he did go absolutely gangbusters, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. Darling is another one, as we spoke about already, 29 years old. He's had potential for a long time. He averaged 92 the last nine rounds, but he averaged 66 the first six. I think he's done that two years in a row. Chris Darling has he started has. extremely slow and then come through with some goods. Not a bad one for draft leagues, considering that forwards did get shafted. It's not too unrealistic that Darling couldn't actually try and piece something together. I think so, he averaged an 80 for last year, so there's some scope there. Round 14 onwards, Liam Ryan went 97, 109, 100, 119, 100. Boy, oh, boy, wow, a guy that averaged 76 on the season. He can definitely, definitely be a, a last forward in your, in your draft squad. So uh, write that down. So what is a hundred? Geez, that's write, write that down. What's he averaging? Yeah, write that down. Uh, down. It'll be over a hundred. Yeah, definitely be over like a hundred and five. Jeez, like that. yeah. that's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, interesting one there. Yeah. So back to Jack Darling quickly. Average eighty six point nine in twenty eighteen, eighty four point five in twenty nineteen. Forwards got shafted at eighty point nine. So he is someone who I think has a bit more scope to improve this year by at least five points in draft leagues. Yep, I agree. Um, but you get what you pay for. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, Josh Kennedy, I don't know. I just don't. No. I'm, not, I'm not interested anymore. He's done. I he's, think he's cooked. I think he is absolutely cooked. And I honestly do now think it is Darling's forward line to to run the roost, roost off. He, he, he has to be that commander-in-chief. He has to be the Hawkins of West Coast. Yeah, but he needs – like he's got backup in Oscar Allen. So it would be interesting to see how they transition Kennedy out of that forward line – 
moving forward. I really like Waterman. Waterman's been awesome when he's played. Um, so maybe they they just change up the way they forward line. I know some like you know they've traditionally been a very big setup. You know they go the three tall setup, and teams are transitioning to more of a two tall setup. So more versatility. Yeah. So say maybe Kennedy will get the presidential send off. <laughs> that was Is that a bit that harsh. One you, that one you wrote down or no, not at all. Okay, because that was terrible. I just <laughs> wanted you to know. Is that a fail? No, not at all. Fail button? For, I'd, for I'd you? The, I'd for you? Yeah. <laughs> for you? Uh, interesting. So where do you think? Who who takes the, the small forward spots apart from, say, Liam Ryan? So you've got Jared Cameron, Jamie Cripps, these kind of types. Who do you see them doing? Well, this season? Yeah. Well, well def- assuming Willie Rioli is uh, probably out of action. I've got Petrocelli. Um, so. On uh, the uh, half forward flank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and Ryan. Um, however, it definitely could be Venables. Um, yeah, I, Archie could be there. Zach Langdon's the one that I really like. Um, so no, yeah, right no now, Cameron. Charlie adds the, that X factor. No Jared Cameron? No, I like him as well. I, I do like him. Interchangeable um, though, really, isn't he? Yeah, all of those guys are going to be ro- rotating three. Petrocelli adds something that they don't really have. So especially since Jet has gone, that entire team is now very, very one-paced. Uh, yeah, so Petrocelli definitely a need. They need the, the pace that Petrocelli offers them. Otherwise, they will be very, very slow across the field. Yes. Now, that pretty much wraps us up, Chris. Now, before we leave, it's the last episode, which is only fitting that we have a little special tribute. This goes back to what year? 2018. Actually, did you know that this is just a tribute? This you is just gotta a tribute. believe me, and I wish you were there. No? Just right. a matter of opinion. <laughs> yes. Sorry. We could keep going if you want. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you go. I just, I just went on a tangent, which is kind of what tangent. I did. Tangent. Couldn't remember. <laughs> I'm actually going to karaoke Wednesday night. You should come. Busy. <laughs> anyway, flashback. Was it 2018? When was Collingwood good for that one year, Chris? 2018? 2018. 2018. Oh, no, this is not Chris a good flashback. Chris is – you didn't mention it. your boy. No, I don't want it. Dom Sheed, no, I don't want Chris it. in the pocket, and Dom Sheed's lining up. I and thought it, that we could actually get through this podcast without mentioning Dom Sheed. No, I waited <laughs> to finish up, and you know why, Chris? Right in front of me, right in front of me. Yeah, it was right in front right of me. Right in front 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 of you. Dom Sheed has done nothing since break Collingwood's hearts and get the keys to the city in 2018. It was a rough night. Let's be. Let's Let's be honest. A rough night. But that wraps us up. Um, look, do stay tuned. Uh, I think we have a couple little things planned depending on uh, things in our lives in the short term. However, mm-hmm. we will be doing some recordings, giving you our thoughts on what we've noticed coming into the Amy series. Uh, Amy series, yep. The yeah. Amy series. It's a one-game round where we're going to really look at that, piece together what we've heard and seen from the other intra-club matches, etc. Try and give you some understanding on who we think and why because it's going to be chaotic. Yeah, so once the Amy series comes around, we'll at least do an Amy review. Um, where we'll try and also do a rookie pod in there and the top 10. So there's going to be probably three podcasts that week. Uh, yes. Week beginning, I think that week is the 7th or 8th of March is the end of that week. So Yes, and for those on the YouTube, um, talking to George as well, Supercoach, trying to possibly do a little uh, joint series there. So please comment if you are interested. If you do listen to George, uh, George Supercoach, uh, probably looking at doing our like top three premiums 
midfield, uh, mid prices, rookies, etc., on each line, or doing a little beginner podcast series as far as if you're a beginner, tips and tricks to sort of know how to start your side and that kind of thing. So if you're interested in that, please do comment so I know to invest time and, and effort on that. I like it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Anyway, that wraps us up. Chris, it's been a pleasure having you. And um, look, for everyone else out there, whatever you're doing, stay well, stay safe. And of course, above all else, do not pick. Who's your one player not to pick? Oh, across the entire One thing. player that you should not and will not pick. Devin Smith. <laughs> oh, I should have expected that. Why did I not expect that? No, someone oh, yeah, just, rele- no, no, someone relevant this year. Someone I just actually read an article saying Devin Smith and Dylan Shield are going to be spending more time in the forward line. <laughs> Shield, yeah. Oh, he he misses Caldwell, right? He misses everything it's out in the fall. It is okay. So who who are you avoiding? The one person you're going to avoid um, that a lot of people are picking, or just someone that's hyped by someone you know closely. Ooh, I don't know. I'm going to say Guthrie. Fuck him right off. No, Guthrie's gone. <laughs> Overpriced, overrated. He's, he's going well. Yes. Love Guthrie. I'll put you on the spot. We'll, we'll get you next time, guys. Look, until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 